Hey, this is Jeremy Cower. Thanks for tuning in. You're listening to Light Source. And welcome to episode 46 of Light Source, the official podcast of StudioLighting.net, the website that introduces photographers to portrait and studio lighting equipment and techniques. I'm Bill Crawford, publisher. And I'm Ed Hidden, exclusive photographer and image inspector with iStockphoto.com. On today's show, we're going to have with us Jeremy Cowart. He is a commercial photographer from Nashville, Tennessee. Has an interesting story. Started out as a designer and worked his way into providing the, the full package for his clients. And kind of gravitated towards doing photography full-time now. So he has been shooting full-time for two years, which is quite a shock because uh, his portfolio is rather full. Yes, it is. He's got over 1,500 images on his new website. Oh, my God. 1,500 portfolio <laughs> pieces. That's just, that, that's incredible. That I mean, he is an amazing talent. Um, he's also good friends with David Bean, who was on our show recently. And those two guys have a very hip new style. And what I really like about Jeremy Cowart's work is he doesn't seem to pigeonhole himself. He can do anything. Yeah, he's pretty pretty dynamic guy in, in his photography. So I thought it was a lot of fun to talk with Jeremy. Yeah, definitely. And it, so he's going to be on the show a little bit later. Uh, but first, there's nothing going on, is there? There's not a whole lot. No. Well, you know, Alien Bees is has said they've announced on their website that they're releasing their Zeus product um, mm. in this week. Now I. This being the, the last week of July, but I, you know, there's no official product announcement. You can kind of pre-order things, I think. And now that would be their, instead of mono lights, they're actually packing head system, basically. Yeah, it's going to be real interesting to see. And I, I believe when we had Paul on the show last time, he was kind of giving a little bit of a preview of it. So, I mean, the, it has been a little bit delayed from their initial talk. So it'll be uh, interesting to see more of it as it, as it comes out. Right, and if you want to hear some more detail about Paul's vision for that product line, you can definitely go back and check out that older episode in our archives. It should stand out pretty easily. Uh, Paul's easily easy to search on in there. Well, another thing that's going on, we always love to give you guys stuff to do to help us out. Uh, one of them is always contributing in the forums on Flickr and on our studiolighting.net group, as well as rating our show in iTunes. Um, but another thing that's going on right now is iStock Photo has a contest that's coming out. It's actually out right now, and they are looking for the best of the year. And they have five different categories, best image of the year, best vector, flash, video, and best design of the year. So if you want to vote for any images, I know I can suggest you know at least two portfolios to look through of images. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a voting button on each image on the product detail page. Now the winner, winner's going to get $5,000 US. So that's a, that's a pretty decent prize for, for the image of the year. That is, that is a lot of motivation for clicking right there. Certainly. So uh, we would be grateful if you voted for us <laughs> or, so or someone should... <laughs> else who's more deserving, but you know, that, that's, that's true, which I'm sure there's plenty to pick from on iStock photo or us. You know, that's possible too. I'm not above begging for votes. Right. <laughs> so there's that that's going on. And another thing that's coming up is currently the tentative date for this is August 18th. There will be a Light Source Live, and it's going to be in New Cumberland, Pennsylvania, which is just outside of the Capitol here in Harrisburg. There's an airport close by in case anyone's you know anxious enough to fly. <laughs> so uh, we're gonna we're gonna call this the beta workshop. This is a big deal. 
Yeah, this is going to be our first one. We're crossing over into the real world. Yeah, taking us out of the virtual realm, so we can annoy you in person as well as, as on your iPod. Exactly. Now, so what, details, what are you thinking in terms of structure for this actual, this is a workshop that we'll be doing lighting stuff. So It's going to be fairly limited to start out because my studio isn't quite that big, so I'm still working out the details. It's going to be less than 10 people, so it's going to be pretty well hands-on. It's a Saturday. I'm going to be looking at probably starting pretty early, do a bagel breakfast for everybody or something like that. And uh, we'll have a little get-to-know-each-other session. Then we'll talk about different types of uh, lighting styles, different techniques to do. Probably go through all of the you know, broad lighting, short lighting, which ones are better for different types of faces and things like that. Things to watch out for. Uh, we'll have some models that will be on hand. And uh, we'll definitely make sure that everybody gets enough time working with the lights themselves. So that way they'll be more comfortable in the studio when, when they're on their own. So. Cool this is going to definitely be hands-on. And uh, you can keep your eyes on the studiolighting.net website for further information. I'm sure we'll let the guys in the Flickr light source group know as well. Right. Yeah, we'll, we'll get information out there as it becomes more available. It's, it's a little tentative currently, but hopefully as this starts to, uh, to release and get into your hands, uh, we'll have more details firmed up. Outstanding. So those are about all that I have going on. So speaking of the studio, I did a shoot the other night. Yeah, how'd that go? It went really well. It's probably one of the most comfortable studio sessions that I've had in a long time. Nice. Now, are those the images you showed me the other night? They are the images I showed oh, you the other night. That was and, awesome. Um, thanks. Uh, they will be showing up in the Flickr pool here. I finally got word back from the model. So uh, I always do that. I don't know if you do that with when you do TFP or TFCD shoots. I always try to make sure that I take care of the model before I go releasing all of my images out into like my Flickr group or my iStock portfolio or things like that. I think it's a nice courtesy to the model to satisfy your commitment with them before you take any benefit from it. I think that's a good idea. It's just a little personal model, mo- model, motto <laughs> speaking that of I models? have. Yeah, speaking of models, too many M words. So, yeah, it's just a little personal motto, motto that I have. <laughs> <laughs> Keep tripping on it. Leave that in. Don't edit that. All right. So, you know, I got word back from him, so I'm actually going to start putting some of those in the Flickr pool. So you'll see the one that we're talking about you know, there when as this comes out. And uh, we did some pretty good stuff. We got him some uh, good headshots. The guy is a really great look, you know, very photogenic. And it was it was amazing to see. We did a lot of different light setups. And as they changed, his age changed and his look changed. That's cool. It was really cool to see. And I had never really noticed that quite as much with other models that i've worked with but with him it was very drastic and it was it was great it's almost like i was switching models and so i mean he's going to have a very good career i believe as a commercial model because he has a very versatile look i think the images came out really really well and oh, thank you can't wait to see the the final edit uh, i guess we should also quickly mention that we are really rolling with our new partners at snapfactory.com the first, I guess the first official episode of of Digital Photography One-on-One was a big hit, I'd say. Oh, definitely. It was well-received. I, I liked watching it, so I'm, I'm excited to see more as well. Mark Wallace did an excellent job explaining key shifting, and, and that's something that, uh, you know, has come up several times on the show in the past. And it's really cool to have an additional resource that people can go and watch that video and really watch how the shutter speed and aperture affect your exposure, even when you're using a flash. So good stuff. And there's more on the way. There should be more coming out even right around when this episode's released. So keep going back to the site. 
Definitely. And we, like I said, we have, or I believe you mentioned on the last show, we have a lot of questions to answer through these. But, I mean, definitely, if there's more, send them to, to where, Bill? Studiolighting at gmail.com. And we will try and do our best to either ourselves answer them or get Mark Wallace on the case. Probably Mark, because he seems to be, uh, he seems to do a better job of explaining it than I do, I think. Yeah, he's doing a knockout job. He's amazing. Thanks, Mark. Well, speaking of amazing, let's, uh, let's check out Jeremy Cowart. Definitely. And welcome to this edition of The Light Source. We have with us this evening, Jeremy Cowart. He is a photographer from Nashville, Tennessee. Good friends with uh, David Bean, who we had on the show recently. Interesting story. Started as a graphic designer, founded his own design firm, basically producing the the whole final product from the conception to production to doing the photography as well. And it looks like you're pretty much focusing on photography right now. Is that the case or are you still doing the, uh, the design as well? Um, I only do photography now. I left uh, the design company in March of 2005, which is, I guess, about two and a half years ago. And I've only been doing photography ever since. So 2005, you've been doing photography full time for two years? Yeah, that's right. And you have this amazing of a, a <laughs> breadth of stuff on your website? Wow. Yeah, it's it's been, uh, gosh, it's just been nonstop. Ever since I started, I just kind of, you know, dove in head first and just been crazy. Been shooting uh, quite a bit. So it's been a blast. I was going to say, in two years, to have uh, as amazing portfolio pieces as you have, and the quantity of them that are that good is just fabulous. So kudos. Well, thanks. Yeah, I appreciate it. So you started in design. Tell us a little bit about how you feel that your graphic design background lends itself to the the style of photography that you do. Well, um, that's a good question. I mean, I I just think that, you know, when you study design, you really learn about composition and lines and, you know, color and all that stuff. And, you know, maybe every photographer does this. I'm not sure. And maybe it sounds cheesy, but when I look through the viewfinder, I still feel like I'm designing. I mean, the first thing I look for is composition. I mean, I'm always, you know, lining up things. I'm always, you know, making sure that this foreground makes sense with where the background is. I mean, always looking at those things. You know, I know some photographers focus more on, you know, just worrying about the emotion of the subject, but I tend to just focus on all the design elements, which I tend to, I mean, I enjoy that aspect. So that's just kind of how I've been working so far. It definitely comes through in your images. I think your use of color and your use of elements, foreground and background are just amazing. Well, cool. Thanks. Yeah, I'm just really drawn to textures and great locations, and I tend to use my subjects as part of the of the environment, you know, I tend to look at it as all, you know, one piece of art instead of a person, then then their environment, I tend to look at them as kind of the same thing. So does that take a lot of preparation? I mean, do you have an image in your head before you go to a shoot because of that? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question, because I would like to, I would like to get to that point. I am very much the type of photographer who does basically no preparation. I mean, I'm, I'm actually really lazy when it comes to... <laughs> When it comes to shooting, and I'm trying to get better about that, I just, you know, a dream shoot is for me is showing up in a really insane location with a great subject and just kind of experimenting. I mean, everything I do, I feel like just happens right there on the set with with not a lot of planning. And, you know, I just kind of 
when I see something I like, I go for it, you know. I know that there are a lot of amazing photographers who I really admire who spend lots and lots of time planning every detail of their shoot. That's just not the way I'm made, but I'm trying to get better about it. So, Well, when it comes to Keller, that seems like something that you, do you make them bring multiple outfits or how does that work when you have a musician scheduled, for example? Well, I guess, I guess, you know, that, that kind of planning is, that's usually given because usually like with a musician or a TV shoot, you know, there's stylists. So the record label will meet with a stylist and, you know, they'll go shopping and pick out clothes. And then, you know, on the shoot, they'll run some stuff by me, like, do you like this outfit? Do you like this? What should we use for that background? And I'll kind of throw some input out there, but I typically rely on the stylist to, to worry about clothes. Okay, cool. So, well, now let's, let's just for our audience sake, talk a little bit about the types of photography you do, because I think if there's one thing that's clear from your website and from your portfolio, you've dabbled in all sorts of photography, and it's it's pretty cool thing about you. I thought maybe you could share with us. Do you have a favorite? or? Um, I guess part of being relatively new to photography is that I haven't locked down like one interest. You know, like so many of my favorite photographers, like they do one thing. You know, either they shoot these like really dark, edgy music portraits or you know, it just seems like there's a lot of one style photographers, and I don't mean that as a bad thing. Actually, I mean it's a great thing. But I just, ha- I just have so many different interests. You know, I love being in environments where it's just me and a camera, and I have to document something. You know, I just blend into the background, shoot as I go, and you know what happens happens. And then I love being on a TV set with all the actors and everything. That that's such a major challenge, and it's stressful as it gets but it i just love shooting it doesn't matter what it is on my new bio on my website i just talked about how i love shooting my son running around the living room i love taking an old polaroid camera out and just shooting textures and buildings and just i don't know i think i just love photography that's very cool yeah so would you say i mean a lot of the stuff that you're doing professionally has been music is that can you say that's true yeah it's probably been about gosh probably 70 to 80 percent music and then just recently in the last year i've started shooting a good bit of tv work okay what are some of the tv jobs that you've done um the first one was prison break for fox uh i knew it i totally knew that was yours ed weren't you saying those are some of your favorite shots i I do like those a lot that's cool yeah and then after prison break came um a show for ABC called The Nine that got shelved, and then some shows for A&E, and then I recently shot two more shows for Fox. One was called Drive, and then another show that's coming out this fall called Nashville. Just shot that last week, actually. And then I've shot uh, a few things for E. And the jobs I do for E are really cool, because there's been two shows I've shot, Sunset Tan and Paradise City, where they just send me on a job with a camera. No assistance, no lights or anything. And I just kind of shoot whatever I want and uh, they make it work in the advertising. So that's a really, really rare, but a very creative assignment. That's cool. And would you say there are a lot of differences in photographing for TV versus photographing for the music industry? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, with music, it's much more creative, I guess. You know, you they kind of leave it up to you to a certain degree. You pick your locations together. But then once you show up, I mean, the art directors really let you do your thing. I just get to go and whatever I see, I shoot. And it's, it's cool. But with TV shoots, typically it's extremely planned out. You know, there's the art directors are sending PDFs of exactly what they want. You know, they'll mm-hmm. They'll already have sketches of how their advertising is going to look. So they'll, you know, they'll say, we need this shot, this shot, and this shot. And then, you know, sometimes they'll stick you on a gray seamless 
they're shooting the cast in front of a gray seamless, and then they go in after and remove the cast and put them in. You know, it's, it's kind of the same with movie posters. They insert all the backgrounds and textures. And so as far as the shoot itself, a lot of times it's really, really simple. You're just shooting the cast on a background. But I have had the privilege of doing, doing a few TV shoots on location where it's more like a music shoot. So. What about in the subjects? Like, is there a difference working with a, an actor versus a musician? Yeah, I mean, musicians are kind of like shooting an everyday person. They, they're just kind of clueless. You know, they don't really know what to do in front of a camera. I mean, unless you are working with a really, you know, the veterans of the music industry have done a million photo shoots. But I typically work with a lot of new artists, and uh, they just really don't know what to do. They're just really nervous. Whereas actors, it's their job to be in front of a camera, given it's a video camera. But typically, they still know how to, like with the TV shows, the art directors usually want me to capture their character. And so I'll just tell the, the actors to stay in character. And so you get some really interesting expressions <laughs> and poses and stuff. So it's, it's a whole different thing than music. Now, looking through a lot of your images on your website now, actually, the one that Bill and I are looking at is the site that's going to launch probably right before the show goes out. It's a really well-designed site. It's got a lot of tagging, a lot of headings. I mean, you can probably spend a couple hours sitting here, and I have been so far just looking through images after images and not stumble on the same one twice. One thing that I'm seeing a lot of is you have a lot of edgy images. By this, I mean kind of like high contrast, desaturated type images, things like that. Mm -hmm. It's a really great style, the way that you pull them off. Do you have any concerns with the lighting or anything like that when you're going into producing a shot like that? Do you have a picture in your head of what you want the final processing to look like as you're lighting the subject? Um, yeah, I mean, there, there are times when I'm, when I'm lighting something where I know that it's going to really look nice in post. There are certain tricks we all do, you know, and, and I have my own and I'll set up a light and I'm like, ooh, this is going to be great. So let's really keep working this. But typically I just try to get a good image, you know, no matter what. And I mean, these days I'm trying to be less and less post dependent. You know, I tend to think that the really great timeless photographers just take good pictures. You know, they're not relying on Photoshop tricks or whatever. I mean, granted, they're sending them off to amazing retouchers these days. Like, I know Annie Leibovitz, some of her latest stuff has insane amounts of posts on it, and she's sending it to some great retouchers. But I'm trying to get away from that. I'm just trying to take good pictures and let them stand on their own. Granted, I'm a phase guy, so that's probably the... <laughs> the phase I'm in right now, I'm going to stay away from Photoshop. And next week I'll be like, have some crazy new Photoshop thing I'm trying to do. So yeah, I don't know if that answers your question or not. Yeah. So, and I'm, I find I'm very similar to that way. I'll, I'll get stuck in a, a phase of style there for a while. And yeah, I was doing a lot of what you were saying about trying to get it as perfect in camera as possible. And that's even when you're going to be planning a lot of post-processing, you still have to have the really great image up front before you can get into that. Exactly. And I mean, I think to some degree, there always is going to be at least skin retouching because no one takes, I mean, even models don't take a perfect picture where their skin is flawless. I mean, you, you're always going in and fixing somebody's body or retouching their skin or something, but I'm trying not to be too dependent on crazy effects lately. So. Would you say that you have a favorite lighting style right now, even if it's a phase? Is there something you could share with our listeners that's sort of your back pocket lighting setup right now? 
You know, my lighting is uh, really simple. I mean, I'm not, I don't really have any techniques, unfortunately, because I've never assisted anybody, so I've just always been on my own. And so I just kind of, you know, I learned by experimentation, which I think should be great encouragement to anyone listening, that uh, I just went and bought lights on a whim and started setting them up and just move things. I mean, that's the great thing about digital is you can move things around and try it and keep moving things until you like it. And so, I mean, typically my lighting is just a soft box up front, you know, just nice and even and... I mean, there have, sure, there have been shoots where I've played with using eight to ten heads on one portrait just to see what kind of effects we can get. But probably my simplest go-to lighting setup is a softbox and maybe a backlight, you know, hitting the side of the head. You know, we just, to answer your question, I really don't have any go-to thing. I and mean, we're just always experimenting and moving things around and seeing what works. I mean, I still love shooting natural. You know, I think if you look at my new site, you'll see tons of natural light. You'll see tons of lit stuff. And... I guess I'm just not a one lighting setup kind of guy. I think that's part of what makes your work so interesting, though. It's not like you have one style. Like Ed said, you could page through there for hours and just (laughs) constantly be being engaged with the images. I think it's cool, though, that you have a section for just studio stuff. Because, I don't know, for me being a a guy who's interested in lighting, I like to know that that's artificial light versus some of the others that are outdoors or Mm -hmm. naturally lit. Is there times when you mix uh, artificial light and natural light? Absolutely. I think the times I find myself most doing that is when you're in a really, really dark environment where the ambient light is beautiful. Like, for instance, I recently did a shoot on a stage, a really big stage that's down in Tampa, Florida, and the theater was just gorgeous. And so what we had to do is, you know, light the band. It was a band of seven people, so we lit the band on stage, you know, got all their skin tones and the lighting on them just perfect. And then I... uh, I guess theoretically, I could have just drugged the shutter speed and let the ambient fall in on the background, but there's no way you can get seven people to stand still for, you know, two seconds um, (laughs) without blurring. So we shot the band with lights, and then I went in and pulled them out in Photoshop and mixed that with the actual ambient of the theater. And I think that's how a lot of those dark portraits are done. You had to do the same thing on a street. The band was walking down the street in the middle of the night. So all you see in the background are streetlights. And so we had to shoot them separately and mask them out in Photoshop and then drop the street in in the background. Now, do you do your own post-production or do you have a team of guys that you work with for that? Up to this point, I've I've done probably 95% of it. I love sitting in Photoshop. I think I think most photographers do, but I've gotten to a point lately where I realized that photography and retouching are really two different art forms, and it's rare that you find a person that's equally good at both. I mean, I think I really do think retouching is its own art, and I'm getting to a point where I'd, I'd rather start outsourcing some of that to somebody who is a master at it, just because, you know, when you're trying to, to raise your bar, get better, I mean, there's, there's a certain point where I just can't keep up with all the post work and learning all the latest stuff. I mean, it just, it, when you're shooting all the time and you're trying to have a social life and be a good father and husband, it's hard to, to sit at the computer for hours and hours. I'm sure to some degree I'll always do some post work, but on the really bigger shoots, it's really important. I'd like to leave that up to somebody who's who's really great at it. Well, speaking of that as well, do you work with people who go out and find like your locations and things like that? Or do you tend to do like your own scouting and coming up with where you're going to do setups and things like that? Um, up to this point, I've probably done 80% of it, but a lot of times we'll, especially when I'm shooting another city, we'll just hire a location scout in that city. And they'll send us pictures online and you know, we'll say, we like this or we like that. And that definitely makes life easy to use the location scout. But if I'm shooting in Nashville, I'll have to just drive around and 
fun stuff myself. Like for that Fox shoot I did recently, that they let me scout all the locations. So I spent a whole day driving around Nashville just looking at stuff and built a little website of images to show them. And that way I, I really had a lot of input on what we were doing. So that was cool. That is cool. Yeah. That's a good idea. Well, I'm actually in the website right now and I'm looking at music section and I pulled up a couple of these groups that you have. How do you deal with working with a group? Now I'm pretty comfortable working with one, maybe two people, but once I get more than that, I'm getting to the point of where I'm like, okay, I need to figure out something different because it's, it seems like it's really hard to control the big group in terms of placement, position, having them working together and as well, getting the whole lighting together. As well. Sure. Yeah, it's, it's always hard. I mean, I feel like no matter how many good group shots you get, there's still going to be some head swapping involved, you know, where the label goes in. and Well, we like this guy from this picture and this guy from that picture, so we'll just mix them all together. You know, then they send you the, the fun email. Hey, can you go in and uh, head swap everybody? And you end up, you know, head swapping 15 different photos. And But I don't know. I just, it, it's always hard. I mean, especially when dealing with bands, because these days there's a million bands out there and all the band pictures are starting to look the same you know i mean you know how many times can you have them stand in the v formation and all look different directions i mean i've done it a million times i think every photographer has i'm starting to see a trend where photographers are having bands like do stuff whether they're in a canoe or they're all like eating pizza like that's kind of the new trend is to have the band like in action and i think that's fun but i'm starting to see that as a huge trend and so i think I think in art in general, a lot of times it's hard to be creative, but especially when you're dealing with a five-person band. So typically, I just try to, again, just make them somehow blend into the environment, just make it approach more as a painting, like they're just a piece of this bigger picture. And uh, I don't know, that's just the way I approach most of my pictures, I guess. Now, some of these that I see here, I mean, they're really great shots, and they are definitely in dimly lit situations. Like, for instance, if someone goes to the music section and goes to page six to a band called Building 429, uh-huh. it, it's obvious that there's some, some studio lighting or at least some studio equipment involved with this with a shot like that. What type of modifiers and heads do you break out when you have, like, a four-piece that's the subjects are anywhere from, like, five feet to ten feet away from your lens? And they're obviously going to be in different positions from the lights as well. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I, I work with all pro photo lighting and we just kind of start setting it up. You know, I'll usually talk about the, the idea or the, the vision for the image with my assistants and they'll just start moving stuff around. We'll put a key light up front and try to you know, have a main source and start. Sometimes we'll put reflector boards in to bring in some fill on the sides or we'll start throwing grids in to highlight certain sections or. You know, we use beauty dishes, all the, you know, all the same things probably everybody uses, but, you know, you just start kind of feeling it out and testing it, you know, take a test shot and look at it on the monitor and, you know, just keep, keep moving things around. Although sometimes you have no, <laughs> you have no time to prepare and you just have to set it up and hope it works. Like recently I had to shoot the cast mm-hmm. of uh, For Your Consideration with Christopher Guest. Oh, those uh, are went, awesome shots. Thanks. I went all the way to Toronto to do that and ended up getting 30 minutes to shoot three setups with nine people. I mean, it was, it was a nightmare. Oh, in a room with seven foot ceilings. They're like, yeah, you've got a, you can't, you know, go to Toronto. And they're like, do you have 30 minutes with them? There's nine people and we need three different setups. So we literally just threw up lights and hoped for the best. And headshots of each of them. And headshots. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it was just ridiculous. And the cast was at the end of a very long uh, publicity day. So they were all just in horrible moods, um, which I don't blame them, but it was a, that's about as tough as it gets. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I imagine they're a fun group to well, shoot be, just because of the, the style of acting that they do with all the improv. Yeah, I think I probably caught them on the wrong day. Like I said, they're, they're at the end of that day, but I would imagine they're usually pretty fun. But um, I mean, they were nice and they were professional, but you could just tell that they were tired and ready to get home. Wow. Now, uh, Jeremy, you were interviewed by Relevant Magazine and a couple other places. I actually enjoy reading other interviews of you. And one time you said that some of the magical shots that you end up with happen kind of yeah. in between takes, so to speak. Can you talk about that a little bit for us? Yeah, well, I think great pictures are in real moments, you know, real things happening. And so many times when somebody's in front of the camera, they get nervous, their their demeanor changes, they don't really know what to do. And so you just kind of wait for the in-between moments or you wait for when they're talking to their friend who's sitting over on the side of watching. You know, you just, you just wait. And I mean, so many pictures on my website that I love are caught moments, you know? And that, that's why I love the assignments where it's just me and a camera, you know, where I go on the set of a TV show and I go back behind the cameras with a long lens and just kind of sit in the corner and zoom in real tight and shoot these interesting moments happening. That's awesome. So photographers should be ready throughout the entire session then, right? Waiting for that stuff. Yeah, I think so. I mean, recently I did a shoot where you know, it was a TV shoot and I had the big, you know, Hasselblad system, the digital tech, all that stuff. And in between some of the shooting, I'd grab my Canon and just kind of keep shooting, you know, keep shooting smaller stuff. It's just really fun to do that. I mean, a lot of times the art director has no need for it, but it just kind of keeps my creative juices flowing. You know, it just keeps me thinking. That's really cool. Yeah. Well, speaking of articles and, and things like that you've been in, as this comes out, the new issue of Layers Magazine is going to be on newsstand. Uh-huh. And on the front cover is called Designing Photography Websites. If I'm not mistaken from this thumbnail, is that your website on the cover there? It is, yeah. So, And this is the new one that's that's launching on, well, by the time that this show is out. How important is it that you feel to have a good website for your business? Oh, I think it's I think it's priceless. I mean, granted, you're talking to a a former web designer, but you know we we live in a a computer world these days. Everybody's sitting in their offices all day. I mean, our directors are used to getting JPEGs and seeing websites now, and you keep hearing of this Web 2.0 thing with you know YouTube and MySpace and Flickr and all this stuff. So I think the internet is just changing and it's different and it's bigger than it ever has been, and so it's just such a beautiful, quick way to see a lot of information. And I think it's absolutely necessary if you want to be considered legit as a photographer. You know, you just, you got to have that to, to communicate and get your stuff out there. Now on your site, it seems like, you, I mean, you have some really amazing, beautiful, big images on your site. Do you have any concerns of people taking those images and pirating them at all or using them without permission? You know, I think that concern is always out there, but I mean, no matter how you do a website, whether it's Flash or whether it's, HTML or CSS or whatever, people can get your images. You know, if you do a flashlight, people can do screenshots. So I think, the, you know, if you're really worried about that, you just don't do a website. I've had a website for two or three years now and never have really had any issues. I mean, it's always something we think about, but I would rather do a site that I'm proud of and get it out there than let something like that hold me back, you know? So. Now, Jeremy, for the gearheads that we have in, uh, in our audience, what kind of camera equipment do you use? Well, uh, for all my music stuff, I typically shoot with uh, 1DS Mark II, the Canon. I've had it for, I don't know, whenever it came out, however long that's been, and I just I love it. And then on the TV stuff, they usually basically re require that you use the uh, Hasselblad Phase 1 back or some, you know, there's always different backs, but lately I've been shooting with that new 39 megapixel H3D, I think is what it's called. Right. 
you know, the final images are beautiful, but personally, I just, I don't know. I just don't like working. It's just weird to hold. It gets really heavy. It's just, <laughs> uh, I may, I think, I think I've just used Canon so long that it just, it feels like a glove to me when I hold that thing. I just know what to do with it. Right. And so maybe if I use page three for longer, I would feel the same about it. That's cool. Now you mentioned that you use pro photo gear when you, if you were going to a shoot, what would be the first thing you would grab in terms of lighting modifiers or heads and stuff like that? Um, my typical setup is we're, we're always bringing variations of grids with us. We are, we always have beauty dishes. Occasionally I use ring light, obviously soft boxes. I know there's a lot more modifiers out there, but honestly, I just, I need to experiment with different modifi- modifiers more because I'm the type of guy who I find something that works and I keep using it. I'm not, I'm not the guy that's like testing every single thing a company, right. a company releases, you know? Sometimes I wish I was that way, but uh, I'm just not. But we just kind of stick with what works. That's great. Yeah. Now, would you say that you favor the soft boxes or umbrellas when you're working with people? I've always used soft boxes. Only a couple of times I think I've used umbrellas, and I don't. I don't really have any technical reasoning for that. I just like the light that a softbox puts off and gotten used to traveling with them. You know, I'll take my own lights out to LA and do a small shoot and throw on my boxes and uh, speed rings and a, and a stand bag and just whip them out and you're good to go. So they're just, they're just so convenient that I enjoy using them. You're, you're totally self-taught. Is that true in terms of photography? It is. I mean, technically I took one class of a uh, black and white photography, I took one semester in college and it's kind of funny because if anything, it turned me off of photography. Like, you know, the <laughs> professor, he knew what he was doing, but I just, he was hard and didn't have a good reputation. And so I didn't pay attention. I think I even made a, like a really low grade in that class because I just didn't have the patience to develop stuff. I was, you know, a lot of a lot of other stuff was going on back then. So I just didn't really get into it. And so I don't really feel like that's technically learning anything because I didn't really start learning until I started shooting. Wow. So if you were going to give advice to someone who wanted to get into the, the type of career that you have now, what would you tell them? Well, I think it's, I think studying photography is great and all, you know, I think going to college to a good photography school is great. I think you can't go wrong with that, but I also don't think that college is absolutely necessary. I mean, if you assist some great photographers, there's no better way of learning than being on a set and just watching it happen. So even though I've never assisted anyone, I highly recommend people to get out there and find a good photographer to work with. And the other thing I was just going to say is just, you know, just to keep shooting, experimenting, learning. You know, I, I just read about um, there's a few photographers I've seen online that are like 14, 15 and 16 years old who are just doing brilliant, brilliant work. And one of them shot for like two years with a one megapixel camera, you know, just on his own. <laughs> one megapixel camera in Photoshop and was just cranking out beautiful stuff. So I think there's a lesson to learn there. If you're shooting a lot, you're learning and experimenting and you're, you know, you're, you're well on your way. That's great advice. Now, do you have assistance on most of the shoots that you do? Yeah, I do. It's it's funny because I actually want to. I tend to be pretty uh, airheaded and kind of ditzy, and so I went for like <laughs> I think six months to eight months doing shoots completely by myself with lights and everything. Like the, the band and our directors would sit there and watch me like set up all my own lights and do all this stuff. And then finally one day I'm like, why am I not using assistance? <laughs> 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 like this is ridiculous. I'm I'm sweating to death and about to fall over. And just finally, it kind of hit me that, oh, yeah, I should be using assistance. And ever since then, I typically have anywhere from two to four assistants with me at all times, depending on, you know, depending on how big the shoot is, how many locations, how many flights of stairs we're walking up with gear, you know, (laughs) stuff like that. Great. 
So uh, th- that is a good chance for them to learn then too from you and watch your approach to lighting and the composure and stuff that you do. Absolutely. Yeah. It's great. Well, for a few minutes, I didn't want to talk to you tonight without mentioning some of your other projects, which I think are really cool. And one of them was, was Hope in the Dark. I was wondering if you would want to talk about that a little bit. Yeah, well, Hope in the Dark was, it's funny because uh, I started cheating full-time in April of 2005. And uh, in May of 2005, I found out that some friends are going to Africa. And one of my good buddies runs an organization over there called African Leadership. And I was like, well, I want to know what's going on. I want to learn about what's going on. My friends are going and I could take pictures. So it just kind of like, man, this is a, you know, win-win. So I went over there and um, another friend of mine who runs a company called Relevant Magazine, he found out that I was going, they had just started a book publishing company. So I emailed him. I said, hey, I'd love to send these, you know, post these uh, pictures to your website because I just want to, I was like, you don't even have to put my name on them. I just want people to know you know, keep spreading the word about what's going on in Africa. He's like, well, yeah, that'd be great, but we should just publish a book. And I'm like, well, there's that too. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice. Yeah, so uh, literally within one month of starting as a photographer, there's this company telling me that they want to publish a book of my work. And I'm just like wow. so intimidated and overwhelmed by that. But um, I went for four weeks. Um, I spent two weeks with one organization and two weeks with another and just kind of followed them around during the day and followed their agenda and just kind of took pictures as I went. And we sat down with people and listened to their stories and uh, told all the stories in the book. And the main goal of the book was just to to humanize the people over there. I think the African people are really portrayed as statistics a lot. And we wanted to, you know, tell their stories and really humanize them. I mean, we're all the same, you know, and it's just amazing how much I related to just their stories and their life. And it's just a powerful experience. I mean, it sounds cliche, but my life will never be the same from uh, going back to Africa. I recently heard a saying that said, if you go to Africa with a hard heart, you'll come back with a soft heart. If you go with a soft heart, you'll come back with a broken heart. And if you go with a broken heart, you won't come back. Mm-hmm. So, and that uh, that definitely sums it up. Well, your images definitely go a long way toward, I think, achieving that goal. And um, I thought that whole project was really cool. cool. I wanted to make sure people knew about it. Yeah. Okay, really appreciate you taking the time to talk with us about it. Yeah, absolutely. I really appreciate you guys doing this. You know, it's it's a huge honor to to be a part of this. Well, the uh, pledge is all ours. We we're really inspired by your career and by your amazing body of work, man. So keep up the awesome photography. <laughs> man, I really appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Well, that's all we have for this episode of Light Source the brightest podcast on the internet. Be sure to check out the show notes for this episode and all the other LightSource episodes at the website studiolighting.net. And you can also send us an email comment at studiolighting at gmail.com when you can send us comments, questions, or just images that you'd like us to see. And if you really want to get involved with some of the other listeners to the show, you can head over to the LightSource Flickr group at www.flickr.com slash groups slash LightSource. You can post your images and get feedback on your photography as well as seeing the things that we're taking pictures of. And as always, if you missed any of these links, our quick outro here, you can find all of that and more at www.studiolighting.net. Till next time. Bye-bye.
check out this show and more great photography podcasts at photocastnetwork.com. Photocastnetwork.com. 